Breaking news, lawyers just finishing opening statements in E. Jean Carroll's defamation case against Donald Trump. It is the first time in decades that Carroll and Trump have been in the same room together. Carroll is expected to testify tomorrow. A jury of nine people will now decide how much in damages Trump should pay for defamatory statements he made about Carroll's allegations that he sexually assaulted her in a department store dressing room in 1996. Things like saying Carol was not my type is part of his denials. Carol is seeking $10 million in damages after a jury last year found that Trump sexually abused Carol and was liable for $5 million in damages for other defamatory comments. Uh, so already found liable uh, in all of this. Uh, Paula Reed is out front. So Paula, he was there today, and as we said, so that's why he's just getting to New Hampshire and giving his first uh, appearance on the ground there. Uh, obviously, Haley DeSantis already there. So do you expect to see him there all the time in the courtroom? I mean, how does this play out? So it's only going to last a few days, but we do expect he'll be back as soon as tomorrow, and he'll continue wow. to attend as long as it serves him politically. Now, note today, though, he didn't even stay for opening statements. That's the heart of the case. If you really want to understand what's going on, you want to hear opening statements. We heard Carol's lawyer talk about how he had unleashed his followers on her, how she lives in fear and should be entitled to significant damages. But his lawyer, Alina Haba, argued that her career actually prospered after she made these allegations. Now, we likely hmm. won't see him on Thursday, his mother-in-law's funeral, no court on Friday, but he could testify on Monday. And that would really be something because his role in this, his ability to testify, quite narrow, because this is just about damages. The judge is not going to let him relitigate what happened in the department store or right. attack Carol. Which is what he wants to do. Exactly. So yeah. he's not going to be able to stay in those bounds. So the calculus they're going to have to do is, okay, is it worth it to potentially, you know, kind of turn off the jury or, or face blowback from the judge to score a few political points and amplify this message of persecution? Yeah. For them, look, it might be. They've shown they're willing to take some trial losses to score political points. All right, so the jury pool, I was so fascinated watching this. I can only imagine what it was like for you being there. So hearing about the jurors and some of the possible conflicts or by somebody who had worked for Ivanka Trump and worked for the White House, I, mean, I don't even know how you find all these people in one jury that's actually related to Donald Trump, but they seem to have done that. What can you tell us about these it, people? This is wild. I mean, it's a random selection of people, around 40 to 50 people. And among those, now nearly everyone had heard about the case, but you had one person who had done communications for Ivanka Trump a few years ago, someone else who worked for a moving company that serviced the Trump buildings, three people who donated to Trump or affiliated organizations, uh, another person who spoke at the White House during the Trump years, uh, and then three people who believe that the court system is being unfair to Trump. Now, of course, there were 10 people who donated to Biden and affiliated organizations. But what's really important about this jury is it's going to be anonymous because we've seen judges, court officials, yeah. and jurors facing threats. I just find it amazing, though. I mean, you know, people say, you know, look at this, however, people see bias in the system. But, you know, there's something to celebrate about the fact that you have Biden donors. You got multiple Trump donors all in a Manhattan jury pool. America. Something that, uh, that Trump would say didn't exist. And here it is. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, Paula. And let's go now to Jessica Leeds because she accused Donald Trump of groping her on an airplane decades ago. She testified in the trial where a jury found Trump sexually abused E. Jean Carroll. And Carroll's lawyers have indicated that they may call you, Jessica, to testify in this trial as well. So um, we'll start with where we are now as Paula was laying out. Donald Trump lawyer today told the jury that E. Jean Carroll has not suffered. In fact, that she has prospered since accusing Donald Trump of sexual assault uh, and that she, quote, wants uh, President Trump to pay for the mean tweets. What's your response to hearing that argument? I think it's a very creative um, platform that he has moved to. He um, 
somebody is I think put the bug in his ear. I don't think he's capable of, of being that creative. But at the beginning, she lost her job. She lost her livelihood. And she was an outcast when he first went out at, after her. And that sort of um, cult-like behavior, which is fostered by the... Um, by the internet, uh, has put the fear uh, in people all over the United States, like in Congress. So the case, as we as this case is now, centers on Trump's denial of Eugene Carroll's allegations uh, and that she was not his type. Now, of course, we should be clear. A jury, uh, he has been found liable for sexual uh, abuse, okay? So this case is actually not about whether he did that or not. It's about damages, but that's what he wants to litigate. And he used a similar defense in 2016 after you went public with your allegations. Here he is. Yeah, I'm going to go after. <laughs> Believe me, she would not be my first choice, that I can tell you. Man. You don't know. That would not be my first choice. It's a go-to defense. Use it with you. Use it with her. Uh, there have been other times as well that he has said that about others. What do you think about that? That that's his, his, his first defense when a woman accuses him of sexual assault? Well, for one thing, he fails to recognize the passage of time and he's, what he saw when the story broke was a 79-year-old woman. And that's, that's, he cannot imagine, he cannot imagine that he would make a pass at, at that because he's just gotten women who are younger and younger and younger. So it's a lack of imagination on his part, but that, that is his defense that we're not his type. I don't think there's a woman out there that isn't his type, but that's my opinion. Well, it's an interesting point you make, and one, uh, I guess, with probably more deep psychological uh, uh, things to discuss uh, when it comes to him and, and his uh, life and perception of mortality. But at least three potential jurors today, as Paula was reporting, said they believe Donald Trump is being treated unfairly by the U.S. court system. Uh, there were also three, and I don't know if there was overlap, but three who said that they were, were donors to the Trump campaign, uh, somebody who had worked for the White House, somebody who had worked for Ivanka Trump. So that's the jury pool. But three of them said that they believe he's being treated unfairly. How do you respond to that? I think he's being treated more than fairly. I think the court system has bent over backwards to give him time and place. And they're trying really hard because they don't want it to go to a, an appeal court and get thrown out because the judge lost his temper. So I think they are are being very glove, um, handling him with, with soft gloves. And <laughs> the people who think that he's being prosecuted, they're the ones that are most cult-like. Anything and everything he does, they think is wonderful. And they could, they, they're just in a cult mentality. And it's really unfortunate because this is not a good person. So he was in court today, uh, just after he won the Iowa caucuses, right? So that was a blowout. New Hampshire voters lined up for hours uh, to see him speak. Look, it, 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 it's clear that Trump has a grip on the Republican Party. 
seems to be well on his way to being the nominee. I mean, you know, it would require something quite extraordinary for that not to be the case at this point. Possibly could be president again. How do you, um, how do you get your arms around that? How do you reconcile that with the person that you interacted with and what you know to be the case? It really is hard to contemplate. It really is hard to, to fathom that this is this would be our future. It's it's so so depressing that so many people think that this man is our future. I think about things like our place in the in the world. Um, he would have gotten us out of NATO, and what would have happened in in Ukraine. Um, there are so many issues that. The economy alone, the handling of COVID, the, the legislation that went through Congress, the, the fear-mongering, the being governed by tweets, this is not anything I want to go back to at all. And I think it would, it would be a tragedy for our country. And it's just really horrifying to think that that is a possibility. All right. Well, Jessica, I know you may end up, of course, back in that courtroom if they do call you again, uh, as you have had to appear as a witness before. I appreciate your time and, and your taking, uh, taking the moments to share your thoughts with us.